How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject, where essentially, um, I don't know why I always get emotional about stuff like this, but like every single time I think about human achievement, uh, humanity achievement, and people that make progressions to better preserve the human race, move the human race forward, uh, things that are hopeful, things that bring um, hope, peace, tranquility, happiness to uh, those that it's it's been almost in their eyes and a possibility of perspective to ever perceive such amazing opportunities uh, for themselves. All of those things always get me emotional. They always remind me of just how awesome it is to be a human and how there are great people out there that are leaving lasting impacts on humanity. And they are who I hope in the future, if uh, intelligent life were to be watching over us, or if there's some overseer out there that's kind of watching what happens on earth, that they are what uh, is taken as a direct representative of what humanity at its best can, can be. And uh, the reason why I'm talking about that is because today NASA achieved a a phenomenal goal, uh, landing the fourth Rover on the surface of Mars perseverance. And this one marks um, multitudes of different achievements. One, they were able to compress the size, the landing site size down to a very, very small uh, area compared to every other uh, rover landing. Uh, and this uh, this rover, Perseverance, actually has a phenomenal goal. It was landed somewhere where scientists believed there was a massive lake of water billions of years ago on the surface of Mars. Now, obviously, all of that is gone, but this remnants of a lake still exist. And if their theories are correct, uh, this could potentially be a site of where early life could have existed on Mars or where life in in general could have existed on Mars. And this is kind of an exciting experience because Perseverance's main goal is to determine if uh, life did exist or currently still exist on Mars. And its goal is to drill samples out of the ground in this crater this crater being the size of a, uh, I think they were saying t- the equivalent, the depth and the size of Lake Tahoe, which is pretty cool because um, I've talked about Lake Tahoe plenty of times on this podcast. And uh, it, so it's on the outskirts of this lake or the crater that is the lake. And it is drilling down into the ground and gathering samples of, of terrain in that area and its got, job this time around is to gather these samples, put them in tubes, and then leave those tubes behind in different sites where it's gathering these um, samples. And then another mission will be sent out in the future that will essentially be its only goal is to land on Mars, grab these samples, and then have the technology to send those samples back to Earth, which in itself is, is a challenging goal but one that they think will be something that we could do in the next 10 years or less. And so that is super exciting because no samples of Mars have ever been directly taken from the planet and sent back to Earth. There have been um, what is thought to be Martian 
uh, rock and things of that nature found on Earth from you know very strong asteroid impacts or or yeah very strong asteroid impacts that have hit Mars that have launched space debris off of its planet and that's kind of scattered throughout the solar system and and luckily landed on Earth and so there's what's thought to be some Martian terrain on Earth but nothing in the scope of gathering you know, samples from the planet and then sending it back to us. So that in itself is pretty amazing because, you know, within those samples, if we're able to determine that there is some, you know, amino acids or carbon, um, carbon components that, you know, would only be derivatives of some kind of, uh, life that had existed on Mars prior or currently does, then that would completely shatter any, any uh, thesis or idea that life only has existed on earth. I mean, just the idea of that is so perplexing and so crazy. What I love space. Space is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. I am amazed by the human ability to understand what infinity is. A lot of people take that for granted, but you know, when you sit there and you close your eyes, you can literally drift, faster than the speed of light through space and imagine many different um, scenarios in space. You can travel as fast as you want to in your, in your mind and we can travel what is perceived to be an infinite distance until we want to stop imagining. But the, the thing that's crazy about infinity is that it is so much bigger than that. If you truly understand what infinity is, it is way bigger than that. And this idea is that space is super like super vast to the scope that it is potentially an infinite sized uh, diameter of whatever it is, you know, space. But within that space, we now know that there's a ton of matter, tons of stars. And we've known for, you know, roughly 25 years plus that now every one of those star systems are uh, orbited by planets. And just in our galaxy, our Milky Way galaxy, there's about a billion stars. And the sun, for instance, is a star. And I'll, you know, every one of these billions of stars has a planet on it. And there are approximately a billion galaxies out there with themselves a billion stars. And so this idea that in all of that vastness of, of mass of, of planets and interesting stellar objects and opportunities for whatever you want to think of like a cosmic bodies that this is the only planet in all of the universe that can sustain life. It just sounds so stupid to even say out loud that it is so improbable. It would be point almost an infinite amount of zeros, 1% chance that that would be the case. And so that's why a lot of scientists are, are pretty much for, you know, they don't want to say for sure because they, they need to have some measurable thing to solidify the idea that there is life out there somewhere else. And this is our steps to figuring that out. And hopefully I'm so excited to know that within the next, you know, 10 years, maybe less, that is something that we'll definitely know more about. Another cool thing about perseverance is that it's going to be the first Rover, um, on Mars that has the capability of dropping a drone off on Martian soil. And this will be the first man flight 
from uh, or the first um, terrestrial flights, I think. I don't know if they're manned because there's a delay. There's a seven-minute delay between Earth and Mars because it takes light to travel seven minutes from Mars to Earth and then another seven minutes to send signals back to Mars. So it's a round trip's like 14 minutes. So you can't control something um, live. But I think they can send it commands, and then the the drone will then initiate those commands. So I, I guess it is a manned flight. So this would be the first manned flight of an object on the surface of Mars if it's successful. So they're testing first tomorrow morning whether the drone is going to power on inside the rover. And then sometime this week, they will then deploy the rover or deploy the drone on Martian soil. And then uh, I think within the scope of this week, they will attempt to do a flight. And then they have four scheduled flights, um, test experiments to fly a drone on Mars, which I think is so cool. This thing obviously is equipped with cameras on it and will be able to take up close photos of the rover which is also never been done before. And so this is just all exciting stuff. Uh, and, you know, what this can mean for all of us, these are just the the first steps in, in man's, not first steps, but the first, uh, because every previous rover has, has led up to this point. But this is the first, in my eyes, the first steps for us to finally get men on, or not men, but man on Mars and get people on that planet. And so it's it's crazy to think that in my lifetime, there are going to be humans sent to Mars, to another planet. You know, all we've done in the last 50 years is put a person on uh, our moon. But to put man on another planet is just the stepping stone to interplanetary travel and possibly getting us on other, you know, planets. Once we figure out all the getting there, getting there safely and then staying on a planet safely, it's going to be crazy, but it's in our lifetimes. It's so wild. It's so crazy to think how fragile humans are, but yet how we dare to to experience things that are deemed impossibilities at one point of our existence. Like we just aren't, our appetite is just almost as vast as the infinite of space. Like we cannot stop. We want to keep pursuing more and more and more, demanding more and more of ourselves. And so it, it reminds me of just like to just ignore all the the silly stuff out there, all the problems that exist and focus more on these things. These things are just amazing. Just to, to this is the what, what, why it means something for more humans to be created, and why we need to keep existing as a species, because just these achievements are just unfathomable. But either way, just wanted to talk about that today. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. I would, I would definitely recommend you guys watch uh the gpl or nasa gpl the jet propulsion lab essentially uh do like the countdown of like you know watch the whole scene of that of nasa just the culmination of these last years preparing for this mission watching sending this they sent this uh perseverance out in july of last year so it takes about seven months 
for this thing to make it to Mars. And then they can't control it. It's all automated. This thing has to figure out how to land on Mars without completely obliterating itself. And so this it's just unbelievable, the ingenuity that we have out there. But anyways, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. And I'll catch you guys mañana. Peace.